Next on the tee, in Season 2, Episode 16 of Grow the Grind, live from the Cognizant Founders Cup, one of my new favorite LPGA stars, a winner of the 2018 ShopRite Classic, a 2019 Solheim Cup member for Team USA, winner of the 2013 NCAA Individual Championship, a three-time Symmetra Tour winner, and perhaps the nicest player on tour since 2016, Annie Park. We sat down a few months ago with Annie during the Pro-Am, and I will never forget it. Her smile-laughing character shines through this episode, just like they do for her each and every day. Annie is a true pro who reached the top of her game with grit, precision, and hard work. She has a seasoned perspective on the journey to become great, but she has never sacrificed herself along the way. It was obvious to me who Annie was after talking to her for just a few minutes. She is more than a golfer on her grind to win in the LPGA. She is a light and an example for anyone aspiring to make it in the game of golf and in life. There are some people that just fill you up, and Annie Park is absolutely one of them. We could have gone so many different ways with this podcast, but we took kind of a different approach to it. wanted to create the recipe for an LPGA pro. Not something that you can find in a book. There's probably a bunch of ways you make them. But sitting down with Annie, we took the opportunity to try to dissect that. Didn't go exactly how we wanted it to go, but I think that it was a lot of fun. And afterwards, we were filled up. We felt great. Annie is the type of person you want to be around. She leaves you feeling better than she found you. And that's not something you can fake. Meeting her and learning from her was a gift, and I hope to do it again sometime soon. If you ever get the chance to meet Annie, take full advantage of it. We have three more episodes coming up this month from the Founders Cup series, and that will wrap up season two of our podcast. Thank you for listening and send us some feedback through our Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Hope you enjoy this episode, the recipe for an LPGA star with Annie Park on Grow the Grind. The Pro-Am is underway here at the Founders Cup at Mountain Ridge Country Club, and the weather is starting to take a turn for the better, I think. The fall chill is in the air and is making a long course a bit tougher. So the winner of this week's event is certainly going to have to earn it. Speaking of winners, we got one with us today, Annie Park. Annie has done a lot of winning in the game. We want to break it all down with you today, Annie. Making an LPGA Pro is certainly not a science, and we know there is a different recipe that works. But we have never dug deep enough to break that code. I guess we might not find the magic potion today, but I promise to give it my best shot. This is Grow the Grind, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. We got Annie Park with us, Allie. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, why wouldn't we be excited, right? I'm excited, too. (laughs) And you should be excited. I am. Uh, It hasn't come easy for you. I I wouldn't say that it has come easy. So I guess just to summarize what Allie's talking about there is everybody wants to know how to get where you are sitting on grow the grind with us mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of different ways to do it and so i we're gonna we're gonna try to uh i'm gonna get a pen out today and we're gonna really like create a little recipe for it okay, okay let's do it and uh hopefully by the end we can regroup and decide that we failed because there isn't probably <laughs> one right there's an answer there's many yeah yeah 
So what I want to know is how narrow is the line between an LPGA pro and playing in a local league or when you have the time on weekends? So many players have gave us the I almost quit story, but pushed through to have successful playing careers. Do you have a similar story? Yes, actually. Um, I've had a lot over the years. Um, <laughs> most recent was took a break in July to just... And I was like, you know what, I need a break. I took two months off from the game and came back two weeks ago. What? So, what? Yeah, I didn't share this a lot with a lot of people. Um, this is actually my first podcast telling yeah. you guys. And, um, you know, it's just part of the game. And it's not just this game, but anything you want to do and what you love to do. And, you know, there are going to be times that... You know, you just need a break and you've just been grinding, grinding, and sometimes you're going to get burnt out. And I think trying to find that balance where you need that, you know, you need that break to, you know, give recenter. it another 110%. Yeah, recenter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a difference, though, between, you know, the break and saying, like, that's it, I'm giving up on my dream. Mm -hmm. And so I would imagine over the course of your career, there's been a lot of, like, hey, decompress. Yeah let's reset like off periods so mm -hmm. this was just one of many or was this really one that you were challenged by this is one of the longest um i had one in high school my freshman year i went to middle school in um in florida orlando came back and it's not easy starting high school in a totally different new environment well i mean i've grown up in new york but you know i didn't make friends growing up in new york because i was my middle school was in Florida. So starting freshman year, it was really tough. Um, you know, I kind of questioned, like, do I really like the sport? Do I really enjoy it? Mm -hmm. So I took six months off. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And then um, I was like, you know what? Like, I've worked really hard to get to this point. So I started playing again. And then I joined the men's, the men's uh, golf or the boys golf team. Um, and then I won counties. <laughs> that's like a that's like a common theme, isn't it? Like these yeah. LPGA pros yeah. have played with a lot of men and yeah. beaten a lot of them. Right? <laughs> we couldn't believe it. Like when Allie Ewing told us the other day that she, oh yeah, I won the state championship in mm -hmm. Mississippi against all the boys. Wow! We were like, and oh. she said that she thought they were uh, going against her and like setting up the course difficult for oh, her. Oh yeah! Mm -hmm. And yeah. just to make sure, you know, if you're gonna win it, you yeah. better earn it. Type oh, thing. Oh for sure. And it was funny because I didn't want to play that counties. And, you know, I grew up playing Beth Page, which is like a blessing. Oh, sure. How and many colors do they have at that? Five. Five colors. Five colors. Not Allie doesn't understand. That. Explain it to yeah. us. Yeah. So there's yellow on the left side of the course, blue, red, black, green. But black is so scary. It's the toughest, yes. That they put a sign up. You know, like a mm -hmm. warning sign, a like warning beware sign, like. of bears. Have you ever seen like that? Like when you <laughs> yeah. walk in, like, hey, beware. Yeah. This is beware of this golf course. Yeah. So like you have a bunch of different golf courses. There? So there's, yeah, there's five. A lot of people um, just only know that there's, oh, there's a black golf course on at Beth Page. Mm -hmm. But there's five in total. And wow. not a lot of people know that. And you that. just kind of looped all of them. <laughs> I did. You would go around and play mm -hmm. them all. And did you like the black course? You know, actually my favorite course is the red. Um, it's the second toughest, but I actually just enjoy, it's not like too difficult. Yeah. It's like a right amount of like difficulty where you can still enjoy it. Yeah. Black, it is tough, but it's also tough to walk, right? Mm -hmm. That's the only course 
at Bethpage that you have to walk. There's mm-hmm. no carts allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like don't want to walk <laughs> and play six hours. <laughs> but let's go back to that question because we got a great story about mm-hmm. like some of the adversity you've overcome. But let's talk about that line because mm-hmm. a buddy of mine and I talk about this a lot. Like what separates, what is the margin between yeah. you and somebody that could have been you? Yeah. And I compare it to like a baseball player a lot of times. I, I, my brother-in-law was an awesome pitcher. He got drafted twice. And, you know, I saw him get as high up as AAA and watched mm-hmm. him perform in that game and didn't yeah. give up a hit. And it was like, this guy can do it. Yeah. And then they cut him, you know, like the next day. And I was like, what is the difference between him? He's throwing about 93, 94. He's got a great changeup, too. And this other guy that seems to have the same stuff, mm-hmm. but now, you know, is working at a subway because, you know, they just said, no, you're mm-hmm. no good. And so we kind of made that fun question up like, hey, I, I like, I'm thinking of like a women's league. Or a Sunday, like after work, at some point you're still going to want to play golf. Yeah. How how narrow is that that gap between a player like yourself and somebody mm-hmm. that was right on the cusp of making it? I think the greatest advice was most people give you the advice: you need a backup plan, you need a second, you know, a second plan if your first plan doesn't work out. The best advice I got was, which was totally opposite from that, was you will make it when you have no backup plan because the first plan is all you're looking at and that's all you want to achieve. Wow. Yeah. Scary. It is scary. Says the woman who left USC after her junior year to pursue her dream (laughs) and and is hanging out here at the Founders Cup still. Fast forward, what is that, like eight years ago or something like that. So who gave you that advice? It was my uh, previous coach, Sean Foley. I worked with him for 13 years and he was like my mentor growing up and you know he gave me that advice when I was you know out at a cusp of quitting golf and was like you know should I be should I you know leave college and pursue my dreams on the LPGA is this the right time and he said there's never a right time and you just have to go with it and see, and you have to make the right time for you because the time is just not going to give it to you. And so he's given me a lot of advice growing up. And that was like one of the best advice was there is no backup plan Sean if you really Foley, want this. big time. Hey, okay, I got my paper out. You see it in <laughs> front of you. This is my note card. We're going to create our recipe. Allie's okay. going to speed round you up a little bit. We're going to throw a couple components. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just pretend. I don't know if you've got like a, a like. A, do you have a really good cookie recipe? You don't gluten free cookie. Oh, okay, so that's <laughs> zero chance we're making a gluten free. <laughs> pretend for now you can enjoy life. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, the, apparently, the first step here is create no backup plan, and just go for it. Jump in. But the question that you have to ask before that is, how much do you really want this? And that's a question that you should ask yourself before you just is go. Is there a, go and first why point. do you want it too? Yeah. So um, I started golf when I was around eight, and I never like liked golf <laughs> in the beginning. It was just like, what is this sport? Like I'm chasing a white <laughs> ball for five hours, <laughs> and. What really kicked me off was I played my first Met PJ, which is a local tournament around, you know, the metropolitan area. And I finished second in my first tournament ever. And I was like, you know what? This really drives me to be a the competitive player. Good, yeah. It? I was like, I want to win. 
So then that next summer, I hit a thousand golf balls every day. The 1K challenge. Yeah. But you did it yeah. per day. I did it per day. Do you know how I long was... that takes? Yeah, yeah. My, like that's crazy. How long would how? that take, you think, Ellie? I don't know because my little sister just completed that challenge and for her to just hit a hundred, that took at least like an hour. And she just hits them. She, she hits them fast, and she, too. Yeah, she barreled mm-hmm. through them, right? Yeah, yeah, she did. At best, so, she did that in 40 minutes. So you're talking mm-hmm. about 40, a 1,000 yeah. balls. It took me around five hours max. Wow. How many days did you do that? I did that at least five days. For how long? Oh, like for three years. You're, three, you're years. kidding. I'm not kidding. That, uh, that was something that came from you? That's what you wanted to do? So my mom was like, how badly do you want? to win for the next summer I was like I because I remember specifically I was at the award ceremony like end of the end of the season and I only got one award and this player got like five six seven awards and I was like this is unfair How old <laughs> and you? I was I was like 10 <laughs> 9 10 okay and my mom awesome. and my mom told me at a young age life is not fair you have to make it fair for yourself it's like okay so then I hit thousand golf balls, right? And like half of it was my choice, half of it was not. I was already, I was okay, already that doing it. That tells me that ninety-five percent of it was not. Yes. Am I right? But for me to do it too was like I still wanted it to do it. Deep down, Deep when you down. searched your soul <laughs> at nine years old. <laughs> Just, see, so. uh, I'm conflicted. So, yeah. Did, did it, I mean, is this coming from Annie or is this coming from a place of parental <laughs> guidance? Both. Like, Allie, you're unbiased. I don't, I don't know because it takes a lot of hard work to like get to that point, mm-hmm. but you also have to want it because if you don't want it, then you're just going to mm-hmm. be going through the motions. And you're not improving. Right. Yeah. So if you're just doing it to do it, you're not getting any better, mm-hmm. but by default, maybe a little bit better, mm-hmm. but not mm-hmm. to the level where you reach that next summer and you're the one mm-hmm. up there getting all six awards. Right. I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it because I wanted to get what I wanted. So There is a uh, Essex Plain uh, airport right over <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get a few of those buzzards going by us. That was a cool plane, though. It was awesome. <laughs> Um, so. Allie? Okay. So, ingredient one. Perfect timing. Read it. What percent of making it on the tour is work ethic? Hmm, that's a good question. It's not easy, but this is like yeah. a perfect transition from what you were describing as a young mm-hmm. kid. Because I think we now have a, a very clear picture of mm-hmm. how hard you've worked. Yeah. I'm, and you're going to be shocked by my answer. You ready for this? Yeah. For work ethic. Yeah. It's 50%. 50% is work ethic. 50% is work ethic. Because if you don't have the other 50% of wanting it, there's no no matter how hard you work out there, if you if you really badly don't want it, it's not going to happen. Because when it's game time, your work ethic is going to show that 50%, but the other yeah. 50% is how badly do you want it? Because there's 144 players out here. How badly do you want to win out here? And that's the other 50%, right? Because everyone can work hard out here, mm-hmm. right? Everyone works hard. Um, you see players that are work, you know, come out here early morning and leave like sun sunset. I was like, oh my goodness, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do that. My body's gonna give me a, like a heart attack. But um, you know, that's still happening out here. 
a lot of rookies coming out on tour is that pressure to work hard and you know what happens is they get burnt out and I've I'm a first-hand experience of that because I was like everyone's working hard I need to work harder and my body was giving giving me out and when my body gives out I can't play tournaments right mm -hmm. so you also need to like care for your body and make sure like if you're if your body's 100% to go then you're ready to go but if your body's not 100% and you're trying to okay. go it's going to tear apart you're like do you have our script is it in front of you so no. you know what where we're, where we're guiding you right now because no. that is the next component like uh, the chocolate ch chip of the chocolate chip cookie is athleticism mm -hmm. and i struggle with the athleticism question when it comes to golf because you know i've seen a lot of even Allie's buddies, and I'm sure you can talk to this even on tour. We don't have to call it to be out. But if you made them throw a baseball or you made, threw a football at them, they ain't catching that thing. All right? Uh, you put them on a basketball court and said, hey, make a three. They'd be there for mm -hmm. maybe a week. But then there's that, that notion of, like, I look at how athletic everybody is on tour, mm -hmm. and I think that they've devoted so much time to their nutrition and, and their mm – -hmm. um, their workout regimen and their flexibility training and there's some of that stuff that is involved in athleticism and then you've got the technical aspect of the swing and being able to have control over your body mm -hmm. and then reproduce it over right. and over and over again mm -hmm. so let's talk about what and what it is to be an athlete at this level because mm -hmm. you're a peak athlete yeah and what maybe how that's evolve for you from that little girl banging a thousand balls a day to the person sitting in front of us today mm -hmm. i think the one thing that i realized being an athlete is you need to have a sense of humility and humbleness that is one thing like when you they're gonna you're gonna have a period of time where you think you know it all right and it's part of like confidence maybe not confidence maybe arrogant but you're not going to be playing well every time. You're going to have a time where you're going to have a dark period of time where everything is not going right for you. Mm -hmm. And to have that humbleness is, I think, very important just because, you know, we're traveling out here January through November. Yeah. It gets tough. And, you know, you're always learning. And there are a lot of times where I thought I overcame the hardest part of, you know, that period of time. But then turns out I had a harder time mm -hmm. and for you to be prepared in that moment is pretty important because you can okay. go down in a spiral very quickly so pre that preparation for your body uh what does it involve for you and what has it involved uh, like, workout regimen do you do mm -hmm. much stuff I mean what yeah so I um after my rookie year my back gave out so I was having um really bad spasms and I couldn't play tournaments for a couple the first couple events then I started working out you know doing my rehab I had to go on an anti-inflammatory diet um just to get the inflammation out of my body and then I really I thought I was working out harder but then I started to realize last year during COVID, I worked out like the hardest I've probably ever did for golf. Um, and I mean, you know, also like COVID-15, I was gaining yeah. weight, so I was, like, <laughs> I was getting ready for a linebacker. Ready. Check, <laughs> but, check in here, I gotta um, get my life together. But I never enjoyed working out. I just mm -hmm. had to do it because it was for my golf. Were you doing it prior to the back injury? 
throughout junior I was, golf I at was. USC? Mm-hmm. You were. I was doing Pilates. I was doing strength training, but I wasn't doing as much How as I'm doing right now. How consistent were you with it? Were you just like a two to three uh, day a week mm-hmm. person or was it, hey, I, every morning yeah. I wake up and I do this? So on the road, I didn't do it as much just because I'm so tired and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I realized I have to work out to get that tiredness out of my body. So there are times where I would play mm-hmm. around and just go hit the gym to just flush out every inflammation I have. And it really helps me recover for the next day. Would you recommend that for a player like Allie at this point? I think, you know, prepping your body is very important. Um, a lot of people, when I was younger, I didn't warm up. Or I didn't do like many stretches or like activation and stuff like that. I wish I did that when I was younger, for sure. Huh. All right. Nutrition? A variable? Nutrition. Not really? I mean, what about on tour? And you don't have to just speak for yourself mm-hmm. here. Yeah. You know, just when you look across the landscape, because yeah. we're trying to paint the picture for what works right. for maybe everyone mm-hmm. or what you would envy in, in another athlete. Mm-hmm. Is there anything there that, that Nut- stands out? Nutrition's kind of iffy because everyone's different. Every body's different. Like for me, I had a thyroidectomy back in 2015. So I can't have soy technically. I can't have really gluten. Yeah, so you're already I'm pretty regimented. to have it, but I do. <laughs> Your mom's going to listen uh, to this. Not on the week, but mostly like off the week. I kind of like let myself go. But um, during the tournament, I really try to limit my inflammation and you know most of it is what you eat and you know as you get older your body is not the same every year <laughs> so I'm more cautious every year as I get older how does coaching play a factor in development I think it's very important I think more so like for me you know Sean was my mentor growing up mm-hmm. and that was really more of what I needed than a golf coach personally um, he's helped me not only in golf but grow as a person and have different perspectives in life and that really helped me and I think because of that that reflected in my golf um, and I think that went kind of hand in hand how many have you had coaches um, so I had one before Sean Sean I worked for 13 years yeah another plane <laughs> and then um, I just started working with another coach um, and it's been a year and how did you find that fit for you that's good I mean I'm pretty picky with you know who I want to work with especially in my golf just because I you know I have what works for me and I had to learn that kind of the hard way and I think it's more so you know can that coach and I get along off the golf course right because you know, I want someone who can, you know, guide me in the right direction. That guidance and that development, uh, you could have probably done a lot of that without the help, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to give a coach mm-hmm. all the credit. I can't take yeah. all the credit for my daughter's success someday. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I know that's not. But what do you think that number would be when you really look at, like, that, uh, the power of, of good coaching for different players? Is it, is it a 10% gain? Is it like, like, how do we, I'm just trying mm-hmm. to figure out a way, like if we're going to create some separation between, mm-hmm. you know, a kid that's just an am or, you know, trying to get to the next step, does coaching really play that big of a part of it? Or is it just a 5% factor? I think I want to give it max 30% because 
most of it is up to you to do it and to work towards that. Um, you know, in the end, you're out there playing golf and you're the one that's doing that. And your coach isn't playing out there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would give it max 30% just because, like, you know, having the basic fundamentals is very important. And that is something that will carry on for a really long time. Even when you're when you become a professional golfer, you always go back to the basics. Yeah. And I think in the beginning, that's very important. Yeah, that's what we hear a lot. The basics, you always have to go back to the basics. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you put that train on the tracks and you turn it on, it's going, mm-hmm. you better make sure it's in the right direction, right? Yeah. Because it's hard to stop it once oh, it yeah. gets moving. And sure. I think what you're describing is exactly that, that you better make sure that the people giving you advice and working with you and understand mm-hmm. they understand your body and how it works. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. can they can push you in the right direction so you can really make the progress yeah. necessary. I totally agree because I think you need a coach that can help you understand yourself mm-hmm. because when you be, when you understand yourself in your own swing, you become more independent out there and you know if one thing is going wrong like when you know what's going when you look at your swing and like oh this is what's happening like you become less dependent on the coach and the coach is only there to guide you Mm. and i think that's what makes a good coach in my opinion just clean up at that point Mm -hmm. right it's just like it's just like housekeeping stuff all right well we're already at like 130 (laughs) percent for this ingredient list. (laughs) I think that like in anything in life, we're already learning that it takes more than 100% of anything to to be great and uh, Mm -hmm. to be able to perform at this level. What's next, Al? So how can parents impact your growth as a player? Yeah, parental guidance. Because we kind of talked about that a little bit already. I'm going to say that's very important. Um, I think I'm at an age, I'm 26. I'm like starting to like think about you know my parents' mm, perspective. That's how and long it takes. <laughs> Usually, someday we'll be thanked. Um, like not, properly, <laughs> not just like hey, thanks for the ice cream, Dad. <laughs> but I guess not only as a player, but you know, as a child growing up, um, you know, when I took my two months off, I had to really reflect me as a person, you know. Growing up, like, I've only dedicated my life pretty much to golf. Like, I didn't have, like, a child really hood um, growing up. And those were kind of the things that I, like, missed out on. And, you know, yes, I do wish that I had that balance for sure. But also, you know, I am where I am today because of I hit a thousand golf balls. Sure, but so. what is that balance though? Because if you, you're saying you would want to have that balance, mm-hmm. but like what is that balance? I think that's a balance that's different for everyone, mm-hmm. and I have to find my own balance. Whereas, you know, I think parent parental guidance is very important. Um, and, you know, I mean, yes, the kid has to listen to the parent. You're still young. <laughs> does, does every player on tour feel like they didn't have a childhood? Not probably everyone. Probably not everyone. Because some players started late. I will tell you this. My mom always told me, when you work, you work hard. And when you play, when you play hard. Yeah. <laughs> that was one advice that she did give me that. So. I'm scared to even continue this conversation because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I know... I know that's the truth. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying we're getting anything right or wrong. 
but mm-hmm. there are people that want want to know if that's a necessary evil in this thing and i don't know i don't mm. know that it is like i don't I, I certainly think that there are a lot of people out here that have told us hey we uh we play basketball for two months or yeah. you know i, I you know now everyone says I miss sleepover parties and I, I wasn't able to do, you know, all of these things. I think that's natural. Mm-hmm. But to what yeah. extent, you know, to what extent yeah. does I mean, that have to be the case? I mean, I think it's natural for a parent to be protective of their children, you know, the right for, right to do so, right? Um, I mean, I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't know how to explain yeah. this. That would be interesting. <laughs> would you do that to your kids? I, right now, I probably would say yes. Awesome. Right? But... You know, I won't know until I have a kid myself. <laughs> That's great. No, I love that you say yeah. it because a lot of professional athletes say, no. Yeah. I'm not, not, not for me. You know, what's interesting is when I was younger, you know, I had adults tell me like, one day you'll understand your parent and I'm older now. I mean, I understand them a little bit more and I have a definitely a different perspective of like why they did that and why did they did certain stuff when I was growing up and I kind of understand them. Um, but when I was younger, I was like, I hate you, mom. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was tough, right? It was it just was hard tough. to see the mm-hmm. under or understand what was at the end of the line for you. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, but, it's, and it's sitting on grow the grind, Allie. Mm-hmm. How about that? Crazy. I can't believe that we're talking to you right now. It's yeah. so cool for our journey has been really special to be able to sit down across yeah. from somebody like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, as we sit here, I see all these guys walking by with their clubs and their caddies. And I can't, I have to ask this. Like, when you're in these pro-ams, how bad do you just destroy these guys? <laughs> um, I saw a 35-yard drive on that tee box in Lexi's group about five minutes ago. It was 30, 35 yards. Um, it happened. I mean, I don't mind it just because I, like, enjoy meeting new people. 40 strokes. 70 strokes. <laughs> It's okay. I know, but is it is it fun? Do you guys like doing this? Me personally, I do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've played with golfers who are coming out on the golf course for the first time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, some yeah. dude didn't. The guy that hit that drive did not have a head cover on his driver. Oh no! <laughs> but then you have those people that have head covers. You know, all fourteen sure. clubs. Yeah, on fourteen clubs on their irons, their iron head covers. Oh. What's next, Al? Um, so the mental part of the game is very important, and mm-hmm. um, we want to know what percent, what percentage of the game is the, is mental. Oh yeah, Yikes. I want mental stability, mental strength, mental strength. Ninety percent. Ninety. All right, we're is at that se- we're at seven hundred percent to make these cookies <laughs> right now. I guess I wasn't clear at the beginning. You only had a hundred percent. So now we're just we're in trouble. So now it's an impossible yeah. dream. Is is it's there? I agree. Ninety percent. Mm-hmm. We're on route to make a cake right okay. now. I moved yeah. into a different into wedding a cake. cake. Yeah, wedding cake. How many tears do we have? Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to give it maybe 110 percent, but I think that's a little too much. I just gave it down to 90 percent. So is obviously mental. it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you get to the point where you are mentally? A lot of practice, I guess, and a lot of experience. A lot of failure? Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I there I can remember at least four times I wanted to quit golf. Everybody <laughs> and that's normal. It. And you almost did. Yeah. And yeah. Even during the two months, I was like, I want to quit golf. <laughs> Are we missing anything? We've got we've got the work ethic, the athleticism, you know, good mm-hmm. coaching, good parenting, and the mindset. 
Mm-hmm. What other variables are there that people need to work on? And I'm not going to try to put you on the spot, but is mm-hmm. there any any other intangible there that? Because yeah. when we we were brainstorming this list out, that's kind of what we we talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's hitting golf balls, everybody's putting, everybody's chipping. But when you really look at it, like there can be some destructive parents yeah. that ruin people mm-hmm. uh, and ruin careers. So you, a don't become that parent. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, make sure you have the right coach to put yeah. you on the right track. I think, you know, growing, like, when I was reflecting backwards, you know, I, when I was growing up, I blamed my parents, right, for all the negatives that I sure. have, right? But then I can't even blame them, right? Because, you know, they, they didn't mean to reflect that onto me, right? Mm-hmm. So now, like, I understand them a little better. It's definitely a different perspective. Um, and if my mom didn't teach me you know, perseverance and, you know, work ethics, I probably would be slouching and be a lazy couch potato, mm-hmm. right? That's easy to become. So, you know, there are things I always think, you know, during the hardest times, right? Like when I hit a thousand balls, like I did not like it. It was like hot in the summer. Um, but because of that, I was player of the year the night that next right. year. So. What about like accountability and um, perspective of where you are at? Mm-hmm. I think that's probably uh, uh, something that people struggle with. Mm-hmm. First of all, taking the responsibility for either your failure or your inability to to, to you know reach those next steps and understanding why. Yeah. You know, what do I need to do a better job of? Mm-hmm. But also having that perspective of when you enter a tournament. Don't just think that you can show up and win. Mm-hmm. Understand this is where we are right now. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Recognize it. Yeah. And then figure out how to get better. Is yeah. that something that you find to be uh, something sure. that you work towards? Yeah. Um, the reason why I took that two-month break was I didn't reflect on what how I was feeling. I always put my myself secondary and golf always primary. And... Um, it caught up to me in the end, right? Like I didn't have time during the off season to reflect like, how was my year? How am I doing? Like I never asked like, like, are you doing okay, right? It was never a question that I never asked myself and I always put myself aside. And that two months was much needed because I had a lot of reflection and introspective of, you know, who I am outside of the golf course and how that reflects on, on the golf course. And I think the biggest thing where I'm at right now is, you know, when I'm out here, what's my intention? You know, I think that's very important because I can just be out here and just whack balls and whack putts and like call it a day. But like, what's my intention coming here? What is my intention hitting every shot? Because uh, quality is always more important than quantity, right? Mm. So, you know, I think another thing was when I won, when I had my first win, believe it or not I wanted to quit that December so in 2017 I was at the worst place for my golf I wanted to quit and you know my sister told me like why don't you just give it 110 percent this year if it doesn't work out like it doesn't work out but I don't want you to regret your decision so 20 going into 2018 I gave every tournament 110 percent because 100 was not enough right and then I got my first one. Yeah, and, and then my life changed. Your sister, your sister, like really helped you out. Then is that yeah. that's when you made that putter change too, right? You went to yeah, the, um, you went to the Adam Scott, the long, the long mm-hmm. deal. You still using that? I am. Yeah. Wow, are you the only one on tour with that? 
I am. Yeah. We got to watch it. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to do either. No. There's a lot of yeah. people that don't understand how difficult it is. Yeah. Um, there's many variables involved with that, right? Wind oh, can play a part in it. That is the biggest variable is when wind. it's so windy. Like, I, I'm. it's like you're standing on Eiffel Tower and I'm like, it is so windy up here. <laughs> Because you're way above the ball, and then that long. Because you know, when anytime you want more control, you want a short. You want a shorter club. Yeah, right. My putter is shorter, a little bit shorter, because I just feel like I have a lot of control. control yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You gave up that control and committed oh, yeah. to going 110, percent and then you won. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you know, yes, the putter change really did help me. But I think in the end, it was my intentions, right? And my intentions to be out there was always 110. Mm percent -hmm. So everyone says work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. Did that happen for you over the years? Can you explain? Yeah, I think when I was younger, I was definitely work harder. And then now I get older and my body can't handle a thousand balls, right? <laughs> so yeah. now I have to work smarter. And that's when I started to become, you know, quality is way more important for me than quantity. And even when I go work out, right? Like I want to do eight reps with good form right and that's mm -hmm. my intention i don't want to do 15 reps and like just pump it out right <laughs> so um definitely for me right now is quality over quantity that's a theme that's a common theme mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what are some of the hardest workers you have known in the game and and what do they do what do they do i think yeah, who works who, who outworks everybody out here I definitely think Lydia Ko is one of the hardest workers out here. Mm -hmm. um, you always see her just practicing and practicing. And I used to live in Orlando, so I would see her practice. Uh, Lindy Duncan is like, she is definitely one of the hardest workers I've ever met too. Um, who else? There's a lot. Do you know some of the things that they do? Um, you know, they have a, I, my perspective on seeing them mm -hmm. is I feel like they have a plan on what they want to do yeah. so like you always see them doing like drills and um, stuff that they want to you know better their fundamentals right mm -hmm. and that's what I see common theme out here is just always tapping into the basics drills Allie okay yeah you love drills yeah I love <laughs> learning new drills because for some reason drills just always help me work harder and stay out there longer and right. want it so what are some of those drills that you do? Could yeah. be putting, could mm -hmm. be anything. So for me personally, I like to be more creative. So I can't do many drills just because that's just not how I'm wired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you, you have to find your niche, right? Like um, there are players that drills, a lot of drills help them. For me, I need to be more reactive. So for me, like playing nine whole putting contests by myself, and trying to beat my own record and like trying to make putts that's how i get better um for me though i do tap into my basics and my fundamentals every time i get here and if i'm going to be on the putting green i like to do like line drills so like if i have like a sharpie line on the bottom i want to see like how my strokes are and have yeah. good feedback right and then um after i do that that's where i do all my speed drills um doing the nine hole putting contest by myself but. yeah yeah that reminds me my sister she'll do that when practice that's something she mm -hmm. likes to do she likes to do like two putt challenges and stuff like that yeah yeah i uh i don't know i guess i don't know because it seems like 
the you guys are past some of the things that we're doing but we still have to do it i know but like every i just <laughs> when i watch it it's just such a yeah. shorter amount of time it is a shorter amount look at laura davies up there right now she Aww. just i don't she's been on the putting green for two hours i don't think she has putted a ball yet so <laughs> i mean we're, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not lying right now. and I saw we kind of watched everybody a little bit yesterday mm-hmm. and it was it was a practice day mm-hmm. it, yesterday was essentially a practice day yeah there were a few people out there that I did see that were out there all day which I yeah, mean there's but even like Allie was up there just for a little bit True. she was talking to Amy Olsen they were laughing yeah, the yeah, whole time yeah. I think Jessica <laughs> Jessica Corder came over and told a joke uh, <laughs> I think she might have potted a little I don't uh, even know if she did yeah. I don't know <laughs> so did. what is going on out here it's like mind-blowing because we've come and watched but yeah. we've never been here for a full week mm-hmm. to really we've been sitting over here so yeah, yeah, right by the punny green, so we can see it all. Yeah. Have you even like, been here this week? What have you been doing? <laughs> um, well, this is our first course for all of us. It's the first event, so we're more, you know, worried about seeing the golf course, and we want to see what every hole looks like, where we should hit it. Green speed out there is very important for us because it, it can vary from the putting green. So I think that's kind of like a common theme. Um, for me, I like to do all my practices like first thing in the morning where no one's out here because then I'll get distracted talking to players too. <laughs> and then like there were one time, um, I think I practiced for like 20% and I was like out on the golf course all day because I, I didn't see a lot of people for a while. So I was just chit-chatting. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's already like 3 p.m. and I've been here since like 8 a.m. <laughs> I know. What a fun group of people you have to be a part of. Like. And I don't think you take it for granted. You still mm-hmm. love being out here, right? Uh, even yeah. though you've been doing it for years, you meet new people and developing mm-hmm. those friendships. For sure. Who are your people out here? Um, so I was partners with Megan King for Soul Lime Cup. Um, I've known her for ages. Um, I'm like a lot, I'm pretty close with like the Korean players because um, you know I need to practice my Korean. <laughs> How is that? Just coming together. It's like the more I speak it, it gets better, but then my English kind of like fades away. And then when I speak more English, my Korean is like really Did bad. your mom used to yell at you on the range in Korean? Yes. So I know like <laughs> so kind of the bad words. <laughs> <You got> the- <laughs> See, I'm not the only one swearing around here. Even, oh, I know, I know. Even Annie Park's mom gets after it. I, I think most parents do, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, my do- dad was though, was like very laid back. Yeah. One is, do you have a laid back parent? Uh, no, no. <laughs> most most people on tour have that where there's just not overbearing, but just very <laughs> intensely focused on yeah. making sure that you like hold the line. Is that yeah. a common theme out here? It kind of is. Um, I don't know. Like, it was really funny. Me and my friends, and we're all like twenty six, twenty seven. <laughs> we're so used to like our parents, um, like uh, I don't know how to explain this in English, like. You're so used to them like telling you what's right, what's wrong, what to do, and what not to do. And so we're so used to that growing up. And then my friend was like, yeah, when my mom like stops yelling at me, I actually get really scared because something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really funny. Um, but like, you know, 
now, like, I expect transparency. I expect, like, if I'm doing something wrong, like, I want my friends to tell me, right? And growing up, like, my mom told me, like, this is not right. You know, you should not be doing this. And, like, she told me what the morals and values are. And, um, you know, now I just, like, if I'm doing something wrong, like, I want someone to tell me that straight up, right? Mm. And that really helps me grow as a person. But it was really funny that my friend said that. Like, yeah, she stops yelling at me. I'm actually really worried. Like, is everything yeah. okay? Yeah, when I'm quiet and I just, you know, I'm just done. You've, t- you've yeah. defeated me. <laughs> then you start to really feel bad, don't you? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned about having, like, a clear focus on what you want, why you're here, and what you want to mm-hmm. get out of it. And, and now that you're back this week, what it, what is that for you? What are Not expectations, but what do you want to get out of this week coming back into mm-hmm. it? Um. I think now, like, whatever the results are, like, I'm okay to face that on, like, firsthand. It's not about the results for me out here. It's, like, I want to, I want to play well, right? Right now, like, I want to make birdies out there, and those are my intentions. And when my intentions are aligned with what I want, good results are going to happen. And I think that's what's different now than... Earlier this year was I was kind of burnt out and like I knew what I wanted but I just like didn't have the energy. Do you have the fire. energy right now? Are you excited for tomorrow? I am. I am excited for this week. Yeah. Yep. That's the Founders so. Cup is so special and we didn't yeah. really understand like how heavy it was yeah. until mm-hmm. we got here. When you see the pictures behind you and yeah, it, you know, going to meet Shirley soon and Shirley's probably somebody that you've met a few times and just being a part of the tour. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, what, are, what, is, what do they mean to you as a player, and, and what do you yeah. take away from this event? I mean, without the founders, we would not be here right now, right? Yeah. And we always have to thank, you know, those who have paved the waves for us. And that's what we're trying to do for the next generation, right? When, when you come out on tour, we want to pave an easier way for you guys. And I think that's kind of the, the cycle, right? And mm-hmm. we thank the founders for what they've done for us and, you know, for being able to do what we love out here traveling week to week and week and you know we're so grateful for that and because of that we are we're inspired to do that for the next generation Mm -hmm. and um, hopefully the next gen gen the next generation can pave the waves for the next generation and i hope this goes on for a long tradition Well, I think the uh, act like a founder slogan on the back of that wall says exactly Mm. right then. And if Mm -hmm. you're in that mindset and everybody's in the mindset, I think that this tour is in good shape for all the generations. And we've seen them. You know what's coming up? Mm -hmm. Talent. It's kids are working harder. It is, yeah. Uh, Kids are spending more time out there and there's more of them doing it. So the talent pool is deeper. And Mm -hmm. yeah, what drives me nuts is the whole like, oh, you got a girl golfer. Congratulations on your scholarship. Like, get out of here, dude. You have no Mm -hmm. idea how hard it is to, to earn that. For sure. You know, it's the least given scholarship in, you know, NCAA athletics. They're just handing those out. No, they're not. Actually, fun fact, um, they actually kind of give out more full scholarships, if you go in percentage-wise, than men's golf. Well, that's bonus. And that's that's a fact, right? And they ain't just so. giving them out to anybody who picks up a wedge, though. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so don't forget that, right? Like, right. Yeah. USC came calling to you when you were pretty young, and mm-hmm. it was for good reason. And yeah. it was because you were earning that. Right. right? Um, and so just thinking ahead of, of for you know how difficult 
it's going to be for Allie to continue to push forward in this game and Lucy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's inspiring to know that everybody's on the same team. Yeah. You know, it everyone's is. rooting for each other. It really is. You know, I think, you know, golf has that misconception that it's an individual sport. It really is, yeah. But when you're out here on tour, it's a collective group to grow the platform of this game. And you, you know, when someone wins, they're inspiring someone. And that is a benefit for our LPGA tour. And we have to work together as a collective to make a difference. And that's something that we've learned in the past with how the founders did it, right? And, you know, just because there's an individual sport and one person wins, it's a collective group and we need to work together. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. just wrap this up with a little bit more mental because we love yep. the mental stuff, don't we, Allie? Yeah, th- yeah. So, how do you strengthen your mind to get prepared for the challenges this game throws at you? Because there's a lot. Right. I think the biggest thing I've learned over the years is you're going to have bad days and you're going to have a bad hole. I mean, it's one hole. <laughs> like, there's more to it. You have 18 holes. You can get it back, right? And if you let one hole determine your whole day, you're going to have a bad day, right? So I think that's the one thing that I learned at a young age was I'm going to have a bad hole, but, you know, I can bounce back and I can get a birdie back. And I think that kind of correlates outside of golf is, yeah, it's gonna you're going to have bad days, but it's not going to determine you know yourself right so just moving on and not being dwelled in the past so if you're making an lpga pro at home here's what you need this is what we learned today all right you need Mm -hmm. uh you need work 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 ethic yes but only out of the 100 percent that's defined in work ethic 50 percent of it matters in how hard you work but the other 50 percent really comes for how bad you want it right and so you need to have somebody that really is has the desire to, to reach like yeah. heights that are unimaginable. Mm-hmm. From an athletic perspective, you better be balanced. You need to be balanced with your nutrition. You need to be balanced with your workout regimen. Uh, and uh, from a coaching perspective, you better get the right one because 30% of it comes down to coaching. This is the Annie mm-hmm. Park recipe, though. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you know, 90% of it is mental. Yeah. So there's a lot of numbers getting thrown at you. But when you mix them all up in the pot, and you throw it in the oven, you know what comes out? Uh, here's what comes out. You got sitting right in front of us an AJGA winner. Uh, she, in 2013, USC won a national championship. Oh, and by the way, uh, Annie Park won the individual that year by, I believe it was six strokes. Went on to the Symmetra Tour after her junior year and decided, you know what, I'll be good here too. And I think he won three times there. And you were the rookie of the year, and you were the player of the year. And they're like, hey, here's your card. Why don't you go on tour? Uh, But before that, you know, you did the Curtis Cup thing, which was super cool. (laughs) And you won the Curtis Cup. And then you decide, let's really work a little bit harder in 2017 and uh, go win the ShopRite, basically in your hometown almost, which was Seaview is where we just were the other day, right, Allie? You saw that course, and it ain't easy. The wind comes in, it's tough, and you're putting with the – with the, the long stick there, and, and like you said, I think the wind was probably a major factor there. And I saw mm-hmm. some of those highlights. You made like six or seven stupid putts. <laughs> What's yeah. that two-tiered green? You know that one two-tiered green on the back? I don't remember what number there's, it is. I you think probably there's more than one. Oh, it's the par four. 
I don't know what it is, but I watched you. Seven, the announcers were like, hey, y'all, you don't want to be there. That's probably the worst <laughs> miss you could have. And you hit it up the hill and it just buries in the back of the cup. Right? Yeah. What a great moment that was. And then you proceed to go in 2019 and play for the United States in the Soheim Cup. So in the end, I, you know, I'm pretty sure it's worth it. And yeah. as you reflect back on all of those incredible accomplishments, mm -hmm. what stands out to you? Like To be honest, like, I feel like if I didn't have those downs and those moments where I wanted to quit golf, when I reach a dream that I accomplished, it just tastes so much sweeter just because I've went through all of that and I'm still here and I'm it's rewarding I feel like if I didn't go through that I probably would maybe take it for granted and you know but every accomplishment I did I was so grateful for not only that I was able to do it and pull through but also the great people that I had around me and that supported me through all the tough times it's and special that you had the ability to <laughs> take it in yeah because not everybody can do that and yeah. I think the the most memorable accomplishment out of all those was probably the ShopRite win just because I came back from almost quitting golf. It was like six months ago I wanted to quit golf and then I win and I had my family there to celebrate with me so the emotions were just mm. coming out um, but that was really rewarding because that was my dream ever since I started golf, right? I wanted to be out on the LPJ Tour and I wanted to get a win and I wanted to play the Solheim Cup and check 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 right but it was i do you really have a new checklist it. do you have a new checklist i do do you still have that passion that that fire and that desire i'm definitely is it coming back it's there now <laughs> it's definitely it. there now but you know that's the thing right if i didn't have that two-month break i wouldn't have this fire again so i'm really excited we are too we're gonna yeah, come check are. you out oh thanks all this talk about cookies and baking up winners has me thinking about lunch Maybe this podcast will bring you some winning luck this week here at the Founders Cup. After all, you are close to home again, and we know that brings some added birdies for you during big events. Just ask the pros at Seaview about that and the ShopRite trophy you have in your house. Annie, thank you so much for making the time for us today. Thank you so much for having me. You're so cool. Oh, no, you guys are cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're so cool. Thank such you. an honor. <laughs> I doubt it. But you're going to New York tonight? What are you doing? Um, I'm actually staying with my oldest sister in the are city, you? so I'm commuting um, 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Well, you need to get home. You need yeah. to get back and hang out with your sister. So hopefully you get some good dinner in you. And yeah. What time you teen off tomorrow? 7.15. Early. Wow. Early. First ball yeah. up. First of all, uh, well, they say welcome week. back, Annie Park. Here, here's your <laughs> gift. Yeah, yeah. Here's your 4:30 a.m. wake yeah, up call. Geez, who are you playing with? Oh, you don't even know. I, I just saw the time and I was like, oh goodness. Oh, <laughs> and then your late day too, though. Right? Your last ball, like 1:45 oh, yeah. or something. I, like that. Yeah, I'm actually gl glad that I'm morning afternoon because if I was like afternoon morning, I would have just maybe stayed here. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get stuck in traffic. Welcome so, back. Yeah, welcome back. I <laughs> loved our you. talk today. I don't know if we cracked any codes for building a future for, for building future pros, but but it was fun talking it through with you. Please stay in touch and keep living out and chasing that crazy dream. Time for some cookies. Thank you for listening. I'll take some cookies. And always remember, golf is great. The grind makes it greater. That's right. Awesome. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Hey, one you. more plane for the for the road here, huh? <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs>